Okay, Chavra, we have the uh, privilege of uh, continuing to learn Nesiva Shalom. Getting back to the great Slotom Rebbe, Parshas Shmos, we begin a new Sefer. Sefer Shmos is an amazing transition from the story of the development of a family <clears throat> into the birth and development of a nation. By the end of, of Sefer Bereshus, at least supposedly or superficially, we worked out some of the tension and conflict and dysfunction of the development of a family, parenting issues, sibling rivalry issues, and now we're ready for the birth of a nation. And the birth of our nation happens not comfortably, it doesn't happen in a, in a way which, uh, or evolve in a way which is comfortable, but in fact it's the Kura Barzal, we're forged and we're formed, like metal is heated and refined in the fire, so to the Jewish people are refined, we're formed in the fire of Golos, in the depth of Mitzrayim. So we're going to do this piece in the Slam Rebbe. We're actually going to start a little bit into the piece with Oz Beis. But the beginning of the piece, just to give you the background, the Slam Rebbe is quoting the Maori Naim, the Chernobyl Rebbe, of Menachem Nachum of Chernobyl, who says, In Golos Mitzrayim, Himidas Hadas Haisa Begolos. The idea of Golos is not just a physical manifestation, it's not physically being exiled, it's not just a geographic description of being outside of Eretz Israel, nor is it just a geographic. Um, existential description of being in bondage or being in servitude to others, but most of all, Gullus is a mentality, it's a state of mind. Right? Viktor Frankl made this famous man's search for meaning, his experience in the Holocaust, that even when the Nazis were able to imprison his body, man's search for meaning is that through our free will, when we choose who we are and how we act and how we respond, we can't always influence the circumstances around us, but we can choose how we respond, how it makes us feel, and the identity that we choose to have. <clears throat> and with that, we find meaning even in those circumstances. So that's really what the, what the Chernobyl Rebbe was saying, is in Galos Mitzrayim, we'll meet this Adasi Begalos, the notion of Da'ath, our capacity to not only think, our capacity to self-define, self-awareness, mindfulness, intention, all of that is what it means. Can, that can be an exile, or that can be redeemed. Our whole lifestyle. Right? So, so I mean, we can picture this in our world of of, we spoke about this, uh, I spoke about it yesterday morning, in the drusha, but the idea of connectivity. And Varun Lopiansky, in this wonderful sefer he wrote this year about being a Ben Torah, he talks about connectivity, right? The, 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 the maka, the plague of our generation with technology. We're always connected, we're always on, we're always accessible. And he says, we use this word connectivity, which is such a, a politically correct word for the fact that we're enslaved to all of these, uh, to this technology. He said, Imagine a dog describes his leash as connectivity. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not connectivity, it's a leash. So this technology for us is a leash. So when we're always scatterbrained and fragmented and running and chaotic, when we feel anxious and, and worried, when we're always uh, absent presence, we're in a million different places at once, so our head, our neshama is begalos. It's only when we have a menuchas nefesh, when we have a peace and a serenity, when we're able to be fully present. Right? That's what you said yesterday from Rabbi uh, Shalib Sasever, that... Yaakov gave Ephraim and Menashe the bracha, Vayivarchem, Bayomahu. What was the bracha he gave them, Vayivarchem? The bracha was Bayomahu, to be in the moment, to be present, not to be all over. So that's what the Chernobyl Rebbe is saying, is the Golos of Mitzrayim was not just the geographic description that we were outside of Eretz Yisrael, and the Golos of Mitzrayim was not just the bondage that we were being enslaved physically and shackled, that we were being uh, persecuted, but the ultimate Golos is when we are without Das, we don't have the capacity to think, to be, to have a sense of serenity, to exist when our das is begullus. We see it all around us. We have greater freedom than we've ever had. 
We have greater opportunity than we've ever had. We have greater comfort than we've ever had. Greater luxury than we've ever had. All the technology, all the ease, washing machines and dishwashers and automated cars and, and, and uh, speech recognition and Alexa turning on your lights. And life is easier than it's ever been. And there's more people on anxiety medications and having mental illness than ever before. Why? Because as much as all of that has blessed our lives and given us so much, it's also stolen our das. We're just, we're not living with the serenity and tranquility that a human being craves and that a human being needs. So we see people all around us who have all the physical freedom in the world and they're living begullus. When a person is struggling with, not clinical depression, which is a legitimate real illness, but I'm saying struggling with just the anxiety of life and they're in a dark place, everyone describes, they're in exile. Their, their brain, their neshama is begullus. It's in exile. So all that's background. So let's start this piece. Says the son of Rebbe, we're about to embark on Sefer Shmos, and we're going to read the story of our going into bondage and the redemption of coming out, and know that it wasn't just part of our ancient past, part of history, but whenever the Torah records something that seems like it's part of history, it's also part of destiny. It's describing not just a piece of the past, but it also is relevant and it also resonates for the present and for the future. And that's why it gives us all these details and all these specifics, because we learn and draw from all of them. Klal means the, the broad, the general, uh, Uberprat, and the specifics. Specific. And we can learn from here, we can extrapolate from here, what are the causes that bring to this sense of galus and gula, exile and redemption. From Paro's thoughts, inclinations, his worries, we can understand what brings us to Golos. Because the Torah describes, the Torah testifies, there was a new king who rose, and he said to his people, we've got to figure out what to do with these Jewish people. They're about to proliferate, they're about to spread, they're going to promulgate, and they're going to overcome us, they're going to overwhelm us, they're going to rebel against us. So we need a plan. He, he convened his strategic planning committee. What does it mean that a new king arose? We know the famous Rashi. Was it the same king, but he just forgot Yosef? Was it a new king who never knew Yosef? So the Tzvar Makadoshim, Chassidus tells us what it means this new king arose, if we're reading it through this personal lens, not just a historical lens. The new king arose means that our Yetzirah we reawakened within us. So what is the biggest fear of the Yetzahara? The Yetzahara Tov is going to be turned on. That's the biggest fear of the Yetzahara. When the Yetzahara says, oh, what, he just heard an inspiring shir, and now he's thinking about going to Minyan, being more in time, not talking during davening. Now he's thinking about being more honest in business, being more patient at home, being more generous with the tzaka. When he says, ooh, the Yetzahara, he read something, he listened to something, she saw something that's going to inspire them. When the Yetzahara perceives that the Yetzahara Tov has been inspired, aroused, that's when the Yetzirah kicks in. When it sees the Yetzirah Tov is about to spread, boom, that's when it kicks in. Because the world was designed, as a Pasuk in, in Navi, that Kosh created equal opposites. If the Yetzirah Tov is on fire, then the Yetzirah, in order for us to have a, a real free will, there has to be an equilibrium and a balance. So if, if you're overwhelmed with inspiration, and you have no temptation and desire, you haven't really made positive choices. You don't really deserve to be acknowledged or rewarded for making positive choices because you've been overwhelmed by your positive inclination. So to keep us honest and to make the free will 
have a certain sense of balance, Zela Umazakash Baruch created equal opposites so that there's a, a balanced tension that exists. So when the Yetzar Atov, that's when you have to be careful. That's when you have to look out. The Yetzar Ara can be dormant. It could be asleep as long as you're asleep. It doesn't have to really kick in and really lead you down a bad path. But when it sees the Yetzar Atov as being inspired, that's when it goes to work. That's when it goes to work. Right? So putting this in more kind of sophisticated or mature terms, not just the image of the angel on one shoulder and the, the devil with the pitchfork on the other, but in more mature forms, what it means is that there's a psychological phenomenon where when a person begins to taste success or has a drive towards success, that voice of insecurity, of self-sabotage kicks in. You're not really worthy. You're not really going to accomplish this. Who are you to think that you can do this? It's never really going to happen. So you sabotage your own success as you begin to taste it. We know people are like this all the time. As soon as they taste, they have a window of success, there's something in them that sabotages it. It's their own insecurity or their own feeling of inadequacy or unworthiness. So when the Yetzirah sees the Yetzirah Tov, it gets a taste of success, that's when it goes into overdrive and it gets in. That's the Vayaka Malachadash, it's reawakened. Why? Because Penyer Penyer Frotz, it sees the Yetzirah Tov is doing good work. So that's why, what's, these, what's the strategy of the Yitzhara? What was Paro's strategy? Bitterness. Let me make their lives bitter. Let me give them so much work. Let me overwhelm them with such busyness. This is the plague too of our generation, by the way. Busyness. And we shouldn't confuse busyness with productivity. There are a lot of really busy people who are really unproductive. Busyness. I've got to finish 10 series on Netflix. I'm so busy. That's the most unproductive thing you could do. Right? That's an extreme example. But people confuse busyness with productivity. It's a terrible mistake. But it's the plague of our generation. People wave it like it's a precious commodity. How are you? Oh, I'm busy. I'm crazy busy. I have no time. I'm so busy. Busyness is gullus. When you're over busy and when you're intensely busy and you have no serenity and you're not driving your life but you're a passenger in your own life, then that is gullus. That is exile. So Paro understands. How can I suppress the Yitzhah Tov? You know the best way to suppress the Yitzhah Tov? <clears throat> is just when you're getting a taste, oh, I'm listening to Shiurim on Hawaii Torah, instead of listening to that garbage in the car, I'm listening to Shiurim, I won't say which garbage, because we're being recorded, I don't want to embarrass anyone in particular, I'll say a very tall Jew with long hair, but, but instead of listening <laughs> to that stuff, pro-Israel and anti-BDS and anti-Roger Baruch Hashem, he's pro-Israel, we're grateful for his wow. pro-Israel, yeah, exactly, we'll make sure to give him after you on the next room kipper, so, and he has a religious daughter, okay, we know all the wonderful merits, but instead of listening to that Narishkeit at best, so the Yitzhah Tov says, you know, you're turned on. I just discovered uh, this great shear on why you Torah on Torah anytime, and I listen every free minute I have. So you know what the Yitzhah does? It makes you really busy. Just when you started going to the shear or going to Minyan, or listening to the shear or volunteering, Yitzhah kicks in, and you, this, this wicked plague of our generation. Busyness. Paro says, let me make him busy. If you're busy and distracted, distracted and anxious, then you have no time for the Yitzhah Tov. Kedusha, to experience holiness, you have to have serenity. You have to have a certain peace in your mind. You have to have a certain space to think. You have to have the capacity to experience and to be mindful and to meditate and to dwell and to absorb what's happening. We don't pause to absorb just life is moving, boom, 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 busy, 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 next, 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 next. So you can't taste Kedusha, in Kedusha B'liachana. Yeah, in order to have holiness, you have to have space. You have to be able to think. So that's exactly Paro's methodology. 
Paro says, you know what I'm going to do? In order to rob them of the capacity for holiness, for goodness, I'll make them really busy. I'm going to make them busy. As it says in Mesil Sasharim, Shatirdos Vadaigos Hema Mafside Hachasidus. The Heliga Ramchal says that Tirdos Udaigos, worry and anxiety and fear, are what rob you of the capacity to live a life of virtue. Bilbal Hadasu Garua Mikol. Being confused and scattered and fragmented is the worst. You fall into the trap of the Yitzhahara. I know that when I am overworked and overwhelmed and anxious, that's when I'm eating poorly. I'm just eating garbage because who has the serenity, the peace of mind, the strength to say, I'm going to plan my day, eat right. You just eat whatever garbage comes your way and you finish all bag of potato chips at one in the morning. And that's when your Yitzhahara is at risk of looking at the wrong things, saying the wrong things, doing the wrong things. Because when you're busy, busy, busy and scattered and anxious, and that's when you're too weak. You're just, you know, when you're paddling to keep your head afloat, to be able to stay alive, you don't also, can you imagine you're paddling, you know, you're, what is it called, paddling? You're doing whatever, you're in the water, you're about to drown, so you're paddling, just to, you're treading water, just to keep your head above water. And then someone says to you, I want to do a difficult Reb with you, a difficult Teisvis. I want to go to therapy with you and work out our relationship. I want you right now to solve this complicated math problem. You're like, dude, I'm trying to stay alive over here. Do you see me paddling? Do you see me? I'm trying to just float. I'm trying to stay afloat. So when a person is a mentality in life, that I'm literally just trying to paddle, I'm trying to stay afloat, someone wants to describe to me. The person was very anxious, described, said, you know, I'm like a duck. They, they, I forget exactly the term they used. But the duck, he said, on the top, I look like a calm, cool, collector. I'm just floating on the water. But under the water, my feet are paddling like crazy just to stay alive. So a lot of us are like that. Externally, someone sees us, we're just floating on the water, calm, serene. But just beneath the surface, we're paddling like crazy just to breathe, just to stay alive. So the Yitzhahara knows that Tirdos Daigos, that if you're paddling like crazy to stay alive... That's the best way to deprive you and suffocate you and deny you the ability for your Yitzhahar to work. What is Bilam and Balak are Bilbul? So whether it's Amalek or whether it was Paro, Bilam, Balak, they all understand. You know how you bring the Jew down? You know how you, you, you attack stress the person? Out. Stress them out. Make them busy. Create busyness. You can stress them out by persecuting them. You can stress them out by giving them affluenza, having too much. Sometimes you have too much or you're too competing to keep up. Right? We become stressed out when we have too little. We become stressed out when we have too much. The Jews are just predisposed to be stressed out. So the Yitzhar knows if I stress you out and I make you busy and I make you worried and I make you anxious... Who has the koach to, to, to grow, to work on the good? The names of the Jews who came to Mitzrayim, the beginning of our parsha, the first letter of each of those words spells shivya. Shivya means captive, held captive, hostage. The power of Paro first tried to oppress the Jewish people, persecute them physically. But he saw the Jewish people are so internally strong that we can withstand any physical persecution. So he realized, you know how you bring the Jewish people down? Not just by imprisoning them and oppressing them physically, but denying them the freedom, the mentality, the serenity, persecute them by overworking them, by making their lives bitter. Paro 
Incredible insight from the uh, old Slonim Rebbe, who says, you know how the Yitzhahara works? Yitzhahara is not so interested in your doing the particular Avera. You know what the Yitzhahara thrives on? The feeling you have after you do the Avera. Okay, you ate that thing, you looked at that thing, you said that thing. That's bad enough, and the Yitzhahara is satisfied that I got you to do that good. But the real goal of the Yitzhahara is not just for you to eat that thing, look at that thing, say that thing. The real goal of the Yitzhahara is that afterwards, you feel terrible about yourself. You feel guilty, you feel unworthy, you feel, why bother trying, because you're just a nothing who does this hate. The, the feeling, the yeish, the despair, and the despondency, and the disappointment, and the self-hate, and the, and the insecurity, and the guilt that are all created by the mistake that you made, that's what the Yitzhahara, that's its real goal, and that's what it thrives off of. Para's real goal is not the work, make the pyramids. Para gave us busy work, right? Dig the hole, fill the hole. He just had us do busy work. Why? Because the goal was not the result of the work, but rather through the work and the busyness, your mind is held captive. Your mind is in prison. So we have the greatest freedom that we've ever had in the 21st century in America, around the world. We have greater freedom than ever. And we are more imprisoned, enslaved, and in exile than ever through this wonderful gift of technology, connectivity. We are so enslaved. You walk around. You ever walk? I love walking down the streets of Manhattan because there you see it most intensely. You just, you just stand just stand and watch. Everyone's looking down or has something in their ears. There's a frown. Everyone's intensely running, pursuing, chasing something. Nobody's walking calmly. Nobody's got a smile. Nobody's actually present in their moment. Nobody's experiencing what they're experiencing. Even driving down the street? Yes. Yeah. No one comes to a red light? Right. At a red light, look at all the cars around you. We, are, we have an inability to be in our own thoughts. We, we, we're not comfortable with margin or space in our lives. We're, we're addicted to having a bilbul hadas, we're addicted to the noise, and we're addicted to the to the busyness. Busyness is an addiction. FOMO. The FOMO and so on. So we have greater freedom than ever, and we're in more exile than ever, and we're suffering from it. The statistics about unhappiness and mental illness and relationship breaking down and so on, it's all there, and, and, and particularly among children who have the most connectivity and the, and the greatest addiction. So the inverse, the opposite of this, says the Son of Rebbe, is how do you achieve Kedusha? You want to grow the Yetzirah and you want to achieve holiness? It comes through Yishev Hadas. It comes by quieting the noise, serenity, disconnect. The moment you experience Rafridlander has an entire sefer called Menuchas Nefesh. It's an incredible, incredible sefer, Menuchas Nefesh. And uh, and he talks about that's what, that's what the Gemara says that Tamid Chachamim are Bechina Shabbos the whole week long. What does that mean? They don't do the Lama Tesh Malachas all week? No, what it means is Shabbos provides a serenity. Shabbos is, we spoke about yesterday, that's why we give the bracha Friday night to our children, 
because that's when their children are not competing for our attention and our time. It's Friday night, Shabbos comes, we turn off the devices, we disconnect from work, we disconnect from the responsibilities, the obligations, the chores that take us outside our home. They first have our attention, that's the biggest bracha we can give. The biggest bracha we can give is us. To be with them in that moment. So the Talmud Chacham is Bebechina Shabbos. The whole week means that the more righteous are able to experience Shabbos, they're able to experience being disconnected even during the week. That's our mission. Yishavadas, turn that device off. Disconnect, be present. Think, meditate, reflect, make time, have space, experience. Yishavadas. Yishavadas. How do you offset the Siyat Sahara? So, in other words, if you're trying to give advice to somebody about how to overcome their anger, how to diet, how to exercise, how to achieve more professionally, how to stop fighting with their spouse, with their children, the biggest advice, the foundation for whatever advice you're going to give afterwards is first achieve a serenity. You're not going to work on your patience and controlling your anger if you're busy, 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 your head is filled with noise and scattered. Yishavadas. The Yishavadas is the backdrop through which you can say, do I really want to be eating this thing? Do I really want to be saying this thing? Do I really want to be going this way? Do I really want to be reacting this way? Do I really want to be thought of this way? But busy, 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 and you don't think, 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 think. You just do, 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 do. Then the Yitzhahara is winning. The Yitzhahara wins when we can introduce, stop, think, experience, feel Yishavadas. Serenity now. So once a week, we go back and revisit and retaste. It's forced upon us. Really, we should be bechina Shabbos all week long. Really, we should be trying to bring Shabbos into the whole week. But even if we can't, once a week, we turn off, we disconnect, and we just experience. Just sit at the Shabbos table. Actually talk to one another. Sing. Enjoy L'chaim. Taste the food. Kavah Shabbos Kodesh. We don't even taste food all week long. We shovel the food. Boom, 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 boom. you got to be able to have Yishev Hadas. Yishev Hadas. Ki Yom Shabbos Kodesh, Yom Shal Yishev Hadas. Yom Menucha Kedusha L'Amcha Nesata. Ikra Menucha Yishev Hadas. I did it again like Kedusha L'Chaim. Shabbos Mavidah Gulu Yisrael. So that's exactly why Shabbos is a taste of the world to come. Shabbos is the symbol of redemption. No matter how enslaved and imprisoned we are all week long, once a week, we go taste redemption. We experience real freedom. Shabbos Kodesh Bechinas Gula. Kevin Shiyom Menucha Vishav Adas. I said, Nigal Mikokochas Hasetra Achra. The Matzavah Makashim Biosha Shabbos Kodesh Mavida Gula Lisrol. So, in the most difficult circumstances, no matter what's going on in your life, look forward to and crave Shabbos. Because Shabbos gives you that, that feeling. Vis of Medrash. Vayar Besivlo Samra. Moshe Shein Lehem Menucha. Halof Amr the Parami Sheishlo. Evid Meno Noch Yomacha Beshavu Humes. Moshe goes to power and he says, if you work them seven days a week, you're going to burn them out. It's just poor strategy on your part, Paro. If you want them to be efficient and productive, you've got to give them time off to re-energize. You'll get the most out of them when they work the other six days a week. So Paro says, oh, you know, it's pretty compelling. No problem. Give them off that other day of the week. So what happens? So Moshe achieved for them the gift of Shabbos. This was the beginning of the redemption. When Moshe got for them Shabbos, it was the beginning of redemption. You know, it says that, uh, the Pasuk says, they couldn't hear Moshe. Why? I quote this every year. Rashi says, means they were out of breath. You're working someone so hard, they don't have time to breathe. It's another problem. 
I think uh, science shows, research is showing today that we're not breathing. We're running, 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 doing. Our head is always down because we're looking at the device. So we're not, right, pulmonarily, what's the right word? Increasing your tidal volume. We're not, we're, we're, we're not breathing. We're not doing the deep breathing or the amount of oxygen and it's negatively impacting our lives. Kotzer Ruach. We're not breathing. Work, work, work. Busy, busy, busy. You don't breathe. But the Archaim says, no, you know what Kotzer Ruach means? Ruach is like vision. Mikotzer Ruach. Paro, by depriving them of any serenity, of menucha, by anxiety and work and busyness, they weren't able to even picture themselves having a better future. They couldn't even dream of a different way of life. They couldn't even imagine what it was like to not be so busy. So when Moshe got them Shabbos and he said, here's a taste. One day a week, here's a taste of what it could be like without the noise, without the busyness. To just experience life, to breathe deeply, to meditate, to experience, to be with people, to be mindful. That was the Eschalta de Geula that gave the hope. And that was the beginning of the redemption. And that's what it says in the Medrash. Paro, when he saw that Shabbos was giving them the margin in their lives of Shabbos, was instilling hope even in the other six days a week, Paro then took away Shabbos. He took it away. Don't gather. When Jews get together on Shabbos, and they're together, when we get together during the week, we're always running and going and doing, and the thing is always buzzing and beeping and, and, and vibrating and ringing. But when we get together on Shabbos and we're really together, that's the beginning of redemption. Paro saw that and he took it away. As it says, The greatest gallus is the busyness. And the geula is the serenity. Yosef had serenity. Where does serenity come from? The combination of the Midas Hamach Vahalev. When your heart and your mind are aligned, when they're integrated, when they're working collaboratively, when there's symbiosis. That's when you have Yishev Hadas. But when your mind and heart are divided, when they're scattered, when they're fragmented, when there's a block between them, that's Bilbal Hadas. So what does it mean, Melech Hadash lo yada, as Yosef? This Melech Hadash lo yada, the Das that Yosef had. Where does Das come from? Serenity. Serenity comes from your heart and your mind working together. Shabbos is the antidote. Shabbos, lean into Shabbos. I've come since this past summer. I experienced an amazing Shabbos. I've come to, I, I live for Shabbos. I used to dread Shabbos. Shabbos was my hardest day of the week. I worked the most on Shabbos. But I've uh, instituted certain things in, in my life. Certain minhagim, certain practices at the Shabbos table. Certain modes of dress. Certain, uh, and, and it's transformed my entire Shabbos. And, and certain rules for my family. Where we host or go out Friday night, Shabbos lunch, I want to be alone. After working all morning and giving multiple drushes and coming back to the class in the afternoon, I used to resent Shabbos as a rabbi, but it doesn't have to be for you also with these short Shabbos. You go from a long davening to lunch. Lunch goes on forever, which goes right into Mincha and right into Shabbos. Saturday night, you have three events, and you wake up, you're Shmata, and you say, you know, 
I work Sunday and I work the whole week. I, I'm still trying to figure out when my my Shabbos comes. But but now you you have to you have to own, take extreme ownership, and solve issues for ourselves. But if we structure Shabbos with certain rules, when do we have guests? When do we not have guests? What are my minhagim at the table? What am I doing to give Shabbos a certain feeling? What do we do that makes it fun? Do we introduce games at the Shabbos table? Do we have we have at my Shabbos table? Rav Zilberstein, the great Hashuki Chemed. So uh, somebody uh, translated, Rabbi Shara translated, I think they're up to three or four volumes already, of his Hashuki Chemed, Shilas. Um, but he organized it, translated it to English, and organized it based on the parasha. So each of the questions are great business dilemmas, ethical dilemmas, fantastic dilemmas. So at my table, we ask a question, then I make each of my kids tell so what do they think? And then we see what he answered. We had the most fun on Shabbos because Rav Shechter was here. So we read the question. And then we all thought we said what we thought. I said, Rav Shechter, what do you paskin? And then we, then we read the book. So again, to hear Rav Shechter's psak on each of these shalas was, was a lot of fun. The point is, if you introduce things, boundaries to Shabbos, practices on Shabbos, menhagim on Shabbos, Shabbos can give you the energy the rest of the week. It's mamash, the day of serenity. When I'm with my kids all the time, when you're with your kids, it's all of us, not just a rabbinic plague. So that phone, that device, it could be an emergency, I've got to check it, what's going to be? It's buzzing, it's beeping. No, I have to respond to this. Shabbos, they really have you. You're fully, fully present. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. Enjoy the Kavach Shabbos Kodesh. Enjoy the delicious food, the delicious company, the wonderful Zmiros. There's no rush. Nobody has their must or not miss or have to respond or check in or post or like or follow. You're really, really there. And that's this Kach of Shabbos Kodesh. That's what he's saying here. Shabbos is the Aschalta de Gula in our own lives. Six days a week we're in Golas. Shabbos gives us Geula. And we bring that ka'ula, we strive, we thrive off of that ka'ula throughout the entire week. Sorry, I read that. Oh, we'll end with this. This is the order of Shmona Esrei. Before we say the bracha of Gal Yisrael, what do we say first? And then we ask Hashem for redemption. When we ask Hashem for redemption, first we ask Him for Da'as, Atachonein. Hashem, give me the space, the peace of mind, the serenity to think. Give me Da'as. And when I have the peace of mind, the serenity, the ability to think, then I'm going to know what's right and recalibrate my priorities and ask for forgiveness. And when I do, then redeem me. Because now that's the greatest redemption. Torah is telling us eternally, timelessly, what are the things that cause us to have galus, which is not a physical manifestation. It's not a geographic description. Galus is busyness. And geula is serenity. And we ask Hashem to provide it for us, but we also need to achieve it to ourselves. So we achieve it by transforming Shabbos to be that which gives it to us, but also bringing Shabbos back into the week. Have a fantastic week.